Walk, believe, or walk, Daniel. Walk, believe, or walk, Daniel. Walk, tell you walk, Daniel. Walk, tell you walk, Daniel. Hello, all, and welcome to another episode of Finneran's Wake. Today's episode will be the third installment of my new series, Honest Book Reviews. And today I will be reviewing Red Handed by Peter Schweitzer, a book on which I got my hands through the generosity of my local library. I'll take a moment, just one moment before delving into this review, to offer my thanks to local libraries everywhere, everywhere in this country to which I've traveled in which I've stayed for any extended period of time, I've made use of the public library systems as no one else has, and I can say, from experience, all are lovely, and it's one of the great institutions of which this fine nation of ours can boast. And with that, I give you my book review of Red Handed by Peter Schweitzer. Unless you've succeeded in your eremitic attempt to retire from this busy, corrupt, and sinful world and find, in the lonely course of your departure, a newer, happier, more innocent realm of seclusion and detachment to whose concealed entry, somewhere deep in the shaded woods, far beneath the dense undergrowth of impenetrable foliage, all the troubles of the modern age are refused admittance, you're probably aware of the fact that the Chinese government, led by the Chinese Communist Party, or the CCP, is, to put it mildly, acquisitive of power. Now that I think about it, even if you were to accomplish this monkish feat of disengagement, even if you were to achieve this state of superhuman solitude by removing yourself entirely from the vexations, worries, and cares of the world in which the rest of us have the misfortune to toil and live, you'd still likely not escape the reach and reality of the CCP. That reality being, of course, its acquisitiveness, its foreign entanglements, its penchant for bribery, its lust for power is, in every way, rapacious. A government whose hunger knows no satiation, whose voracious appetite knows not the cooling air, the sobering spirit of temperance. I don't think Xi Jinping himself would object to my framing it as such, he being himself a rather portly fellow. Given its bottomless belly, should China not then seek, like every other hungry country whose boundaries mark and divide this earth, a seven-course meal consisting of power, stature, wealth, dominion, control, security, and influence? I suppose that it should. Who are we to deny them that into which we would just as eagerly plunge our forks and sink our teeth? But the CCP, the totalitarian government over which Chairman Xi presides, approaches the table of international affairs in an about as unscrupulous, undemocratic, and impolite a manner as possible. He oversees, at home, a genocidal, infanticidal, depraved, and racist regime, from which the rest of the civilized world is expected incuriously to look away. His government endorses the snuffing out of unborn and the outright killing of born children, especially the females. 
the re-education and liquidation of nettlesome Uyghurs, the disembowelment of political rivals, off the sale of whose stolen organs handsome profits are quietly made, and the dissemination of a highly contagious pathogen to which millions the world over succumbed. In a word, its policies are not only an affront, but an existential threat to the Western world order. Between these two positions, a state's natural right to enhance its prestige and enlarge its power, and China's uniquely grotesque violations of human dignity, the average American finds himself uncomfortably placed. He knows, for how could he not, the many affronts against humanity of which the CCP is justly accused. He knows its morbid one-child policy, a law formerly on the books between the years 1980 and 2015, under whose strict enforcement countless children were systematically killed. He knows of its ongoing persecution of the Uyghur Muslims, a population whose uniqueness in a homogeneous authoritarian state is quite simply intolerable. And, finally, he knows of its entanglements in American finance, academia, culture, media, and politics. But he's likely unaware of just how deep this entanglement reaches, and just how suffocatingly tight it chokes the forenamed institutions. May he be ignorant to its depth and to its strength no more. Thanks to the fearless effort of Peter Schweitzer, editor-at-large of Breitbart News, he's now deprived of any excuse for such a lack of knowledge. One look at the author's current affiliation with Breitbart News, or his former fellowship at the conservative Hoover Institution, and many a liberal reader will reflexively be put off. This type of blind and thoughtless dismissal of an author, from whom much is to be learned, who has something of great moment to say, is, frankly, contemptible. I scold you for reacting in such a way. Schweitzer, I can attest, approaches his subject with refreshing even-handedness, unflagging disinterest, and makes unknown, by and large, the side for which he normally goes to bat. He discloses, in comprehensive and meticulous detail, the lengths to which the CCP has gone to capture American elites. Among these elites are many prominent Democrats, including, most distressingly, Hunter, James, and President Joe Biden, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, Senator Dianne Feinstein, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken. They also include many rock-ribbed Republicans, among whom we count the likes of former Speaker of the House John Boehner, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, and Prescott, Jeb, and former President George W. Bush. They include the wealthiest and most influential in our country, from the sector of finance, Larry Fink, to that of technology, Bill Gates, to that of transportation, Elon Musk, to that of sports, LeBron James. It's a quick but unsettling read, and will shine even more light, if more light need be needed, on the cupidity of American businessmen, the venality of our political leaders, the supineness of our public officials, and the faithlessness of our cultural elites, upon whom a ravenous CCP is only too eager to prey. 
The businessmen, the politicians, the sports heroes, the tech entrepreneurs, all get their payout. The Chinese communist government gladly eats this cost, so long as its influence grows and grows and grows. Emerge from your monkish solitude and read this book. Return to it better informed of the present coloring of the world. Red. This is the tint of the glasses through which everything must now be seen. I do hope you enjoyed this book review and this episode of Finnerin's Wake. Now, if there are any other books of which you'd like me to do a review, please send me an email at finnerinswake at gmail.com and I would gladly oblige more than willingly and I'll also mention the name of the person from whom the recommendation came. That's right. You might be featured on the next episode. But until that time, subscribe to this channel, leave on it a five-star review, share it with friends, and visit my website. And until next time, farewell from Finnerin's Wake. Shout, Daniel! 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 Shout, Daniel!